there's so much that goes into mm-hmm. getting a church started that people will look at a Sunday and say, oh my God, that was really amazing, but they didn't see dozens of people working behind the scenes, sometimes till midnight, Mm -hmm. just to make sure everything was right. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back. It's been a while. Welcome back to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we really do believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader really does make a difference. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Logan. Logan, how are you doing today? Hello, everyone. How are you doing, Logan? I'm doing really good. Anything new or exciting going on in your life? Well, I ate dessert today. You did eat dessert. I've been denying dessert for over... I don't know, three months or so. Yeah. You know, 22, you got to take care of your health. Early, yeah. Right? At 22. Yeah. But I indulged uh, Absolutely. Today. I'm 47 and I did, I, I, I did, I had dessert today too. You did. I had That's a piece right. of coconut cake. It was Perry, amazing. How are you? I am awesome. I, uh, since our last podcast, I have got a dog. His Aww. name is Chance and he's awesome 90% living, of the time. breathing teddy bear. 90% of the time. Living, uh, breathing, peeing. He almost there. became homeless yesterday, but there is hope for chance. There is hope for chance. Perry, I'm just going to go out the gate. The question on everyone's mind. Everyone's mind. Everyone's mind. How is the church opening? Oh my gosh. So if you're brand new to this podcast, um, we just opened a church. I just opened a church called Second Chance Church. It was this past Sunday, last Sunday in, in January and January 27th. And it was, um, Logan, it was absolutely, from my perspective, it was absolutely unreal because I wasn't sure I would ever be in that particular role again. And so um, I don't think from my perspective, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but man, I felt like everybody um, every staff, every volunteer, every musician, yes. every, everybody just did an unbelievable job, had incredible attitudes, and it it turned out way better than I expected. That's so good to hear. Yeah. So this is the second time you've opened a church. It is the second time the I've opened second a church. Time, but the first one was in the year 2000. It was. So what are some differences between opening a church in the year 2000 versus 2019? Well, there's tons of differences because... In the year 2000, um, we didn't have things like the iPhone um, or Uber. Or, I mean, most people were still using dial-up internet. The first church I started, we didn't even start with a website. Oh, my goodness. I would say, hands down, the biggest change between starting a church in 2000 and starting a church in 2019 is the world of social media. The, The internet has made the world so much smaller um, communication happens at such a faster rate of speed now. And we launched the church on January 27th, but technically we launched the church a little over a year before. And for about 13 months, we had church, 
but it was an online platform only. That's crazy. In the year 2000, that was completely unheard of. Like nobody was even considering something like that. Um, and if they were, they were, I mean, well, I don't even know. They, they were, just weren't. <laughs> they just were not. And, and But today, I think that's the biggest change. And I think it's, I think it's a shift, Logan, because I'm seeing a lot of church leaders right now getting really scared of online church, mm-hmm. and they're they're canceling their their live stream online, thinking that it'll cause people, specifically millennials. You're a millennial, I am um, proud. thinking it will cause people to want to come to church, but what they're not realizing is. Um, if you have a digital campus, and I think most churches do have some sort of digital platform, your digital campus is eventually going to be your largest campus. And so would you shut the doors of your largest campus to get people to come to a smaller campus? No, that would be insane. Yeah. And so for me, I'm starting a church in 2000 and starting a church in 2019, it's had to be a complete mind shift on I'm actually going to be speaking to more people that aren't interacting with me physically than actually are interacting with me physically. And you think that's a cause for maybe reevaluation. So if you didn't launch in 2019, maybe if you were someone that launched in the 2000s, maybe reevaluate, are you implementing? Yeah, implementing, are you you implementing the full scale of that digital campus and are you, is your church utilizing social media till it, to its full extent, because I know there's a lot of people down on social media. Oh, social media has changed us. And I've, I heard this said before, and it's, so this isn't an original statement with me. Social media did not change us. Social media exposed us. Um, wow. Society has always been this way. Like if somebody's sick, they've always been sick. If somebody's a pervert, they've always been a pervert. I mean, right. it didn't change people. It just exposed who we really are. And I think the church can actually use social media for the good. I mean, how, how has there ever been a time in the history of the world, I get excited when I think about this, that you can sit in your living room and preach the gospel to the world. Yes. Your phone is a platform to reach the world if you figure out how to use that message effectively. Right. That's a that's a big answer to your first question, but that's been the that's been the biggest change I think is the yeah. just the web world and social media in general. So, let's assume we have someone listening right now and they they want to open a church. Mm-hmm. They're inspired. This is a vision that God has for them. So, how long is the process from I want to open a church, I'm starting to lay the groundwork, making the right hires, whatever it may be, and then eventually you have open doors to your church? It is um it it depends. I mean, I wish there was like a cut and dry answer. Um, there, there are people out there. I, I think there's actually places out there that that have like church in a box. Like this is what you need to do yeah. A, B, and C. And I'm not down in those. I think those are those are great. Um, you know, you gotta do the legal process. You gotta right. get your nonprofit status. By the way, a lot of people didn't know there's a difference between nonprofit status and 501c3. And you can actually become a nonprofit without being a 501c3. Um, and there's more benefits to being a 501c3, but you don't have to become. Anyway, that's just little little, little legal legal jargon there that, um, that I learned. So you you got to get the legal stuff. And l- let me just pause and say, it's worth hiring a church law attorney 
with this because you don't want to screw that up. Don't right. don't do that on LegalZoom.com, which we don't have any sponsors on this podcast. And so if we did, LegalZoom, obviously, and I'm sure LegalZoom is great for other things that people need stuff you for. You just want to get it right. Yeah, you just want to get it right. So make sure you have that right, your, your structure right, your organization right. And then um, recruiting staff, volunteers, obviously finding a facility there's there's so much that goes into mm-hmm. getting a church started that people will look at a Sunday and say, oh, my God, that was really amazing. But they didn't see dozens of people working behind the scenes, sometimes till midnight, mm-hmm. just to make sure everything was right. So it all depends on the person. Um, it all depends on the vision and all depends on honestly how hard that person wants to work. Yeah, I would say that's probably very, very key. In your opinion, what was that big challenge, you know, that you faced with Second Church, Second Chance Church? Second Church. Well, it was my second, second church. Um, well, yeah, either way. <laughs> um, my my biggest challenge, honestly, was a, a, a mental head game. And it was like, I don't deserve to be doing this. Like I, mm-hmm. like I, I screwed up before. Like I'm... And um, it's not that I did screw up. I feel like most of the time I am a screw up. And so I'm like, what right do I have to stand on stage and tell people how they should live their life? Yeah. I mean, and, how do you even overcome something like that? Oh, well, or I don't. do you? The answer is I don't know. Um, but I, I would say that was my biggest, I think that was my biggest issue. And, and that and the night before going, Dear God, is anybody actually going to show up? Like, really? Was that yeah. really a fear? Hundred percent. Wow. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Wow. So, what do you think? Okay, if you were to ask your staff, what, what do you biggest? think they would say their biggest struggle was for the <laughs> opening of the church? <laughs> their paycheck. Um, <laughs> no, I would. I would think that the staff would say that their biggest struggle would be our are we getting this right? And the reason I would say that is because I'm not a micromanager. Um, You've been in meetings with me before where I sit down and I say, this is what we need to do, but I don't tell people how we need to do it. Unless I have a strong opinion. I don't, I, I mean, I don't have a problem sharing my opinion, but this is what we need to do. This is how we, but, but I won't tell people how. And so I think there there were a lot of staff that were, I mean, I think all our staff were like, hey, this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing. I hope I'm doing it right. And right. everybody knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. So, but phenomenal. I would think, I would say that was their biggest challenge is they, they got vision, but they didn't get specific direction. And that was mm-hmm. on purpose. I just wanted to see what they could pull off. And they all did a much better job than they would have if I would have given them a, you know, here's seven bullet points that you must accomplish today. Right. So I'm curious. I'm just going to ask it. What what did it feel like to step foot on stage again? I mean, those were the four walls of your second chance church. What did what did you feel like? Um overwhelming gratitude. Yeah. Like overwhelming gratitude for just honestly for for God giving me a second chance and then overwhelming gratitude for people that showed up. Like I was blown away that we had to turn people away um that that absolutely shocked me so like all day long I had just a sense of gratitude in fact 
we had two services that morning. After the second service, I went home and returned text. It took me an hour to return all my text messages. But I was like, you know what? This person took the time out of their morning or their day to text me and say, how's it going? Or I'm praying for you. And I want to try my best to respond. I used to try to respond to all the social media comments. But the first time I looked on our Facebook message, there were 692 comments. And I was like, nope. I I would need a love team. You all. Of, yeah, love you, mean it. Um, so, I it it was just gratitude was in my heart. Yeah. How did, would you describe the energy in the room? I mean, people must have been just pumped to see you back on stage. I think they were, but then you also were in the room. It was, it was um, quiet energy. It was. Yeah, it was. Qu- that's. I don't know if people can hear the dog barking. We have a office. We have dogs in our office, and so it's really awesome. If you heard a little howl, just yeah, ignore it. It's it's all good. Um, I, I I felt like it was quiet energy. Like I felt like people were really excited to right. be there, but almost felt as shocked to be there as I was. Right. And so I felt like people were were pumped up and energetic. But there was nobody screaming or hooping or hollering, which, right. you know, that's probably really great because it would have been distracting in that room. And there were kids in the room. They mm-hmm. have been all freaked out. And yep. like, yeah, we don't want to freak out the kids. What is that? Nope, nope, nope. So do you feel just as much excitement going into this next Sunday as that first Sunday? More. I really? feel more excited. Yeah, because it's kind of wow. like, it's kind of like, a, um, I've heard boxers say this. I've never boxed, so I don't know. Um, but I've heard boxers say, once you get in the ring... And once you not throw your first punch, but once you take your first punch, mm. that you you just get relaxed. And I didn't understand that at first because I was like, if somebody hits me, I'm not relaxed. But it's like, hey, I just got hit and I didn't fall down. Right. Um, now, I don't think I got hit this past Sunday, but it, it, using that analogy, I'm like, okay, I got one under my belt. Let's I, go. I feel like um, the, the most the thing I was the most critical about was the message. And so I dove in um, and got a bunch of stuff figured out about flow and how I wanted to transition and things this past week. And so going into this Sunday, knowing the team a little bit better, knowing the people a little bit better, knowing the feel a little bit better, I'm, I'm as excited, if not more excited about this Sunday than I was this past Sunday. Does that momentum follow i mean is it just going to be third fourth fifth sunday it, it just builds? i've always told people people have always asked me what's what what's the best sermon you've ever preached and i always told them i haven't preached it yet i haven't preached wow. my best sermon i haven't written my best book i haven't written my best blog post i really when i say the best is yet to come that's just not a that's not a statement that's my like life mission is i believe that right. with all my heart and so um for for me it's always built I'm always like this is gonna be the this is gonna be the best next series, and it's not hype. Let me be very clear. Hype is when you don't believe it. There's a difference between mm-hmm. hype and hope. Hype is when you say something and you don't believe it. Hope is when you say something and you believe it with all your heart. And so wow. I live by hope. I don't live by hype. So I love it. That, that could be our next T-shirt. It could. Live with hope, it not could. hype. It could. Any closing thoughts before we end this? You know, I think that the local church really is the hope of the world. Um, when I when I 
lost my job in my last church, I explored a lot of other options as far as vocation um, and, you know, did a little bit of consulting and, and did some different things. And there, there's a lot of great jobs and there's a lot of great people and there's a lot of great organizations out there. But at the end of the day, um, I feel like the local church is the hope of the world. That's what God has called me to specifically and so all I can do for the rest of my life is try to be faithful to that call uh, because I believe everybody on the planet um, feels like they need a second chance. Love it. Love it. Well, guys, we're back consistently. Yes, we are. Yes, we're back consistently. So thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you next week on the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.